Yes, indeed. What's going on, y'all? It's your main man, Big Wayne, with another episode of Calling the High Seat. Come on in. The water's just fine. I look. I try. I'm gonna get on right into it. And this narrative has been going on for far too long, far too long, far too long, far too long. Now, for the past couple years, for sake of conversation, I'll say about five. I've been hearing it, and for what I, for those of y'all that don't know what I'm talking about, you know, Steph Curry changed the game of basketball. Oh, Steph Curry changed the game. Steph Curry changed the game. Steph Curry changed the game. Shoot, man, you see Steph Curry? Steph Curry, he could do this. You see how he shot that ball? You see how he shot it from half court? I saw him shooting in the parking lot. 105 threes in practice. He can shoot better than anybody to ever touch the basketball. Steph Curry, Steph, look, Steph Curry is great. I like Steph Curry. I like him a lot. For those of y'all that don't know, I still happen to think Reggie Miller is the best three-point shooter of all time. That is just me. If you want to take Steph, okay, fine. I know some people that's still, you know, in the Ray Allen club. Cool. I got you. But for me personally, it's Reggie Miller. You know what I mean? That's me. But for sake of, for staying on topic, I'm talking about Steph Curry did not change the game. The Warriors did not change the game of basketball. There's this narrative because there hadn't been a shooter like Steph that all of a sudden he's changed the game and revolutionized the game of basketball. Okay. And uh, I, I, I just got a question. Okay. So if you change the game, when you change something, that means you've impacted it and people are doing it like you are. You see what I mean? Like, if I go out there and make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, whoever made the first peanut butter and jelly sandwich, they revolutionized the world of sandwiches. Oh, you know what? I'm going to use two pieces of bread. I'm going to spread the peanut butter on that side, and I'm going to spread the jelly on that side, and I'm going to put it together. I got me a sandwich. You know what I mean? When Henry Ford made the assembly line, that changed the game. And everybody used assembly lines to this day for different things, for cars and, you know, boats and humidifiers. All different kind of stuff is used for. You change the game. When people used to fish on the on the dock of the bay, you know what I'm saying? Somebody said, you know what? It's cool here, but I'm going to get me a boat and I'm going to the deep water. I'm going out there. Change the game. Now people deep water fish and they going way out there in the boat. Some people going way out there in the ocean. You know, that's something that changed the game. So when I talk about Steph Curry, you know, and they're shooting threes, they make a narrative that they were the first team shooting threes, and I'm just like, that's not true. That's not true. They weren't the first three-point shooting team like that. Okay, and then for that matter, who else has won like the Warriors? Who else has done that like the Warriors? All right, there hadn't been a team. Since the Warriors, let's see who's won. Did the Raptors, when they won their championship, did they look like the Golden State Warriors? No. The, the Lakers, do they look like the Warriors when they won? No. All right. So where is the change? Where has it happened? All right. Everybody talk about the Warriors and, you know, Steph Curry, Steph Curry. Okay. Excuse me. When did people start drafting point guards overall? 
All right, because last couple drafts I looked, you know, I've seen it be big men. I've seen the Zions, the Marvin Bagley's, DeAndre Aydes, all these lottery picks. That, and just off the top of my head, and I look, it's uh, number four, actually, because I did it a couple episodes ago. Trey Young is the only one that I can think of of recent memory that's got drafted high. They was number four. You see what I'm saying? So it's not like everybody's just going and accumulating, going to all these point guards. Let's give me a point guard. Let's get a three-point. Let's get that is not happening. That's not the case. And you know how I feel about the best player being the point guard. And I'll say it again. You are only going so far in the playoffs if your best player is a point guard. But Wayne, I know it has happened. Yes, it happened with Isaiah Thomas. That is one of my exceptions. I don't count the Magic Johnson one because I think Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is better than Magic Johnson. But if you want to count, if you feel like Magic's better than Kareem, okay, so be it. I will give you that. I will give you those two. You know what I mean? But you want to say Steph Curry? Yes, Steph Curry won with that uh, when they beat the the, uh, the Cavs that year. When you know Kyrie was hurt, Kevin Love, you know the, the Cavs were pretty much on crutches at that point. I mean, I think they was about a player away from getting a chili out there, and they starting five. It was ridiculous. Everybody was falling off. But you know, but nevertheless, Steph Curry did win. And let's not forget, we know who won the Finals MVP. It was Andre Iguodala who put uh, LeBron James in a straitjacket. I'm talking about LeBron couldn't go nowhere without looking at Andre Iguodala. He go to the locker room, he see Andre Iguodala. He go to the bathroom, Andre Iguodala. He go to his house, Andre Iguodala. Practice, Iguodala. Living room, Iguodala. Restaurant, Iguodala. Game, Iguodala. Everywhere he went, he was looking at Andre Iguodala in his face. That man couldn't put deodorant on without... Andrew Iguodala being under that man arm. Andre Iguodala was on that boy like paint on a car. And as a result, he got the finals MVP. And, you know, they, they won the series. But nevertheless, okay, yeah, Steph, by, I mean, he was the best player on the Warriors at that point. But still, so, yeah, that's 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 my only. So I'll give you Steph and that, that uh, best point guard thing. So that's three. But still, and then... But moving forward, you know, when KD got there, that was that. And then we're talking about this three-point shooting. We're talking about this three-point shooting. But, you know, I know the three-ball was cool and it was flashy and it was fun. That's what everybody uh, clamored to. But they was winning with the defense. What was their mantra? What was their thing? It wasn't, oh, let's shoot threes. We're the best three-point shooting team ever. No, sir, Bob. That was not the mantra. The mantra was strength and numbers. You know what I mean? They was giving out T-shirts. You saw it everywhere. They was talking about strength and numbers. Them boys had depth, and they had defense. Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson, lock you down. Clock, clock. Uh, Draymond Green, lock you down. Clock, clock. And I just got finished talking about Andre Iguodala. Clock, clock. I'm talking about defense. I'm talking about depth. And, yeah, they could score. So it wasn't like they just sat there just, yeah, it helped that they shooting threes. But if you can't score the ball and they scoring like that, it's going to be hard to win basketball games. Hence how they got to 73 in the first place. So, but still, we've seen great defensive teams. That wasn't game-breaking. We've seen the 0-4 Pistons, 0-3 Pistons. We've seen the Chicago Bulls. You know what I'm talking about? We saw uh, the uh, Supersonics. They didn't win a championship because they went against the Bulls, but they won 65 games that year, season. 
yeah, same thing. Yo, so we saw, we've seen defensive teams throughout history of time. So I, I'm just trying to figure out what I'm, I'm just trying to figure out what they changed. And then with speaking of the 73 year win team, they blew a three point lead. They blew a lead that year. With Steph Curry, the game changer, the uh, trailblazer, the one that do this. You know what I mean? They blew it. Why? Because they lost Draymond Green through his own doing. You know what I mean? Because of the whole suspension thing. And then Andrew Bogey got hurt. When they lost their size and Draymond, I already knew it was going to be some trouble on the river. Why? Because that defense was what you like to call compromised. And next thing you know, it was a soul train line on the way to the rim. That's what happened. I knew it was going to happen right there. Now, I, I'll say, I'll, I will say this. If you want to talk about analytics, analytics might tell you to shoot the three, and you know, with the analytics. And I'm not really an analytic guy. Y'all think y'all know that by now? Because analytics, let them tell it. Your best chances to do is either shoot a three or, you know, take a layup or something like that. Just totally mid-range, just totally absolving mid-range, which is ridiculous because that's like the, the most open space on the floor with all the floor spacing going on. you think people take more mid-range shots, but that's another topic for another day. But damn the analytics, okay? You need size. I'll say it again. You need size. Don't let this three ball thing fool you. I'm going to tell you what win championships. And y'all, I ain't telling you nothing that you don't know. Defense, points in the paint, and rebounding. Those are your keys to success. If you can play defense, if you can get points in the paint, and you can rebound, guess what, sir? You might have a chance at an NBA championship. Let's look at the past few championships. The Raptors, great defense. The Lakers, great defense, and they had size. And then, you know what I'm talking about? Even look at the teams now. You know, the Sixers, who I'm really high on, and they look like they might be able to do something. Well, I got them coming out the East. But look at them. They got defense. They got a big man, and they shoot high field goal percentage. The Bucks, defense, a big man, and a high field goal percentage. The Lakers, a big man, defense, and a field goal percentage. They got LeBron James. So where did the Warriors change the game? Oh, excuse me. I'm trying to figure out where they changed the game. How? How? Where did they change it? None of that. The, none of those teams look like the Warriors. The Bucks don't look like the Warriors. The Lakers don't look like the Warriors. The Sixers don't look like the Warriors. So I'm just trying to figure out how did they change the game and where did they change it to? Because you talking about three point shoot. Okay, people been shooting three point. Three-pointer since, like, what, the 80s? At the volume, no, but that's more of an analytic thing. That's not like a Steph Curry thing. So this whole thing with Steph Curry changing the game, I can't get with. I, I just don't believe it. Now, I, you, I, you can make a case that Baron Davis, you know, the Baron Davis of the world, the Steve Francis of the world, and the Allen Iverson of the world, they changed the game. You know, people like those scoring point guards attacking to the rim because now you see people like, you know, the Dame Lillards, you know, the Russell Westbrooks, the D. Roses, the John Walls, you know, the De'Aaron Foxes. You know, you see guards like that. So they, you can make a case, they changed the game for point guards more so than Steph Curry. 
Because, yeah, you got some three-point shooting point guards, but you got, you got what, Trey Young, and everybody can kind of got a decent type of three. You know what I mean? Not everybody, but you know what I mean? Ain't nobody really trying to be Steph Curry because there's only one Steph Curry. Steph Curry is special. Steph Curry is one of a kind. Steph Curry is unique. Steph Curry is an all-time top five point guard. So I don't want to come off like I'm, I don't like him because I like Steph a lot. But this whole narrative of changing the game, I'm sorry, y'all. I don't see it. I can't. I don't see how people have let this go on far too long. I think this is a media narrative that's simply not true. I don't see where he's changed the game at him or the Warriors, because no team out there moving forward looks like the Warriors, and no team that's worth anything right now looks like the Warriors. Are they a good team? Yeah, but that was exclusive to them. And guess what? The more uh, the more the numbers they depth they had, the worse they got. They I mean, and now they don't. And now the famous thing about the shooting, they really don't even have that at volume like they used to. Because you know Clay on the shelf right now, Steph's still there. But where are the shooters now? But really, where is the defense? And guess what? They didn't get shooters. You know what they got? Size. They got James Wiseman. So. Are the Warriors trying to be like everybody else with a big man? Or are, are people trying to be like the Warriors? I'll let you decide that. Now, speaking of big men, Blake Griffin got bought out. So a lot of people are speculating where he gonna go. And I'll be honest, I, I think it's only I I, I think it, I think it's only one to me the best choice. People and you know it's all kind of teams out there trying to holler at him. I guess the Lakers are out there, the Nets are out there. I think Miami's out there. I haven't heard they rumblings because you know Miami trying to get everybody. I'm so tired of hearing about Miami. I really am. But they, they out there nonetheless. And you know, I think Boston's out there. And to me, and to, and look, this isn't the trade thing. He can go wherever he wants to go. So this is all on where do you want to go, Blake? I think the best move to be made, I don't, a lot of people saying, oh, Brooklyn, Brooklyn, Brooklyn. I don't think Brooklyn's the move because if you go to, if Brooklyn needs size, we, we know this, but they need size. They need more like somebody to anchor the defense, somebody that's going to stand up out there, somebody that's going to be like a, well, you're not finding no David Robinson. I don't know what to tell them. And they damn sure need to be looking at Blake Griffin if that's what they're looking for. But, you know, they need some size, somebody to kind of anchor the defense. You know, that's not Blake Griffin. So, and Blake Griffin at this point is kind of more of an offensive guard, at least what's kind of left of him. And the last thing <laughs> Brooklyn needs some more offense because I think their offense is good to go as is. They need some defense. So, if you need like a defensive big man, that, that I don't see how that works. And I don't see how that's conducive to what Blake is, needs to do or – what the Nets need. So for me, they're out. The Lakers, again, I think they need somebody to sit down on that chair on defense. And I, I don't think that's that's not really what Blake does. It's kind of the same thing. So I, I just got I just kind of dismissed the Lakers. I just don't see him going to the Lakers. I don't. Now uh the Clippers. A lot of people are saying the Clippers. Here's the thing with the Clippers. The Clippers also need a big man. There's a lot of teams. <laughs> some of these contenders need some big, need some size. But the thing with the, my thing with the Clippers is that 
They need they need points in the paint because they are a jump shooting team. So they need they need that. They need that in the worst way. But the problem is Blake Griffin's kind of turned into a jump shooter. And the Clippers are a jump shooting team as it is, you know, between the Nick Batums, the Paul Georges, Kawhi Leonard. They're doing a lot of jump shooting. Patrick Beverly, it's a lot of jump shooting going on. And Blake Griffin at this point in his career, he's just another jump shooter. So that's that's adding more to what they don't they need. So I don't think that works. They need somebody that's going to kind of, you know, put the ball on the floor and take it to the hole. And, if, and now if this was like Blob City Blake, then – yeah, it's a match made in heaven, but this ain't the Blake. That's the Blake they had ain't gonna be the Blake you getting. Yeah, you know I mean, all all couples don't need to get back together. You know, sometimes a, a remarriage can happen, but there's a, there's a reason why you got divorced. And sometimes it don't. Sometimes you can't you can't fix it. All right, so this ain't gonna. Be, it's not their relationship. The Lob City relationship is over. It's not gonna be like it was. So I got the Clippers out. And to me, I feel like the best match to me is Boston. Because, again, Boston needs size. He can, he can shoot the ball. And that, that, gives something that, uh, that gives something that they need. And look, you're not going to have to ask. You're not going to ask them to do too much, all right? You're not going to do that. In between Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, that that that's really the bulk of the offense right there. And Blake, you can just get Blake to shovel it, shovel it down because they're not just a jump shooting team. They can kind of stretch the floor, so you can get Blake in some mid range shooting, and he can shoot a three out there occasionally. You just need a big a, a body kind of down there. So between with a Daniel Tyson and Blake Griffin, I like that move. I like how that works. Or, on a on another hand, I mean, I like Boston the most. I think that's the best fit. I think that makes the most sense. But I wouldn't roll roll out a rule out of Milwaukee Bucks either, because you could put him at the four, and you could put Giannis at the five. Which I kind of, I first I feel like Giannis would be better suited at the five anyway, because you could, and then you put uh, Robert Lopez on the bench and have him as your sixth man to come off the bench. Because if you put Giannis at the five, now you got. I mean, you kind of gotten quote unquote smaller, so to speak. But now you got everybody out there running. So if you put, if you get you a Blake, if he goes to Milwaukee, you can put Blake at the four. Kind of, well, he ain't running, but he trotting. He could trot the flow. Giannis out there running. It gives you another shooter to do the whole drive and kick thing. And that's really another thing for Giannis to do because you got a couple people that can bring the ball up, and you got a couple people that can move the ball. So I think between Boston or Milwaukee, I think that they get really live. And actually, the more I think about it, if Blake Griffin goes to Milwaukee, Milwaukee is, is well, they're dangerous now. But they get even more dangerous. They add more danger to what they already have. But to me, I feel like it's, I feel like Boston should be the move. If Boston can get a Blake Griffin, I think that's their missing. I think that'd be their missing piece. Not because he's live city and he's going out there and average like 30 points. No, it's because it makes everything that's gonna make everything easier it's gonna alleviate some pressure off of a Jalen Brown and a Jason Tatum and I think you need all you need you need that because I think I think they lean on Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown to do a lot I think they uh 
I think that can kind. Of, I think that's. I think that's kind of one of my things with Boston. I think they lean on them a, a whole lot. You need something to kind of open up a little bit, and I think Blake Griffin will kind of open that up for him. So that's me. That's so. I think if I'm Blake Griffin, I would look at a Boston. I would look at a Boston. So moving on. Uh, let me tell y'all something. In life. You're going to have goals. You're going to have dreams. And whatever it is you decide to do, whether you want to be a mailman, a baker, a postman, a firefighter, somebody famous, a personality, whatever it is you want to do, you know, you're going to have to, you're going to find yourself at a crossroads. All right. And when you find yourself at the crossroads, that's usually when you ask yourself one or two things. You're going to ask yourself if you are you going to. Are you going to quit? Or are you good enough? And if you're good enough. Guess what? You're going to go for it. Let me tell y'all a story real quick, a little personal story. And I don't put a lot of personal stories out there, but I'll share this one. All right. So I was living in Nashville. I'm, no, I was living in Huntsville at the time. I'm sorry. And I was working this job, you know, dealing with a, uh, what was I doing? Shoot, I can't even remember now, but I remember. Anyway, the job's not important. They're just, you know, just working this job. And uh, I was talking to my cousin who I hadn't met, but I knew him. And he lived in Arizona and he did music and I was doing music at the time. I was, you know, I was doing my rapping, you know, <laughs> your diesel got them bars <laughs> anyway. So I was talking to him and he was in Arizona and I was he was saying, man, I'm out here doing my thing. It's, it's cool, man. I, and I told I, it was a good conversation. And after I hung up with him, I'm like, man, I wish I could do my thing in Arizona. I wish I could do my thing somewhere. And then I said to myself, what's stopping me? I don't have any kids in Huntsville. I don't got any kids here. The only thing stopping me is me. And so I had to tell myself, if I'm a, anything, anything at the time, anything in Huntsville worth doing, I had done it. I would ran the Huntsville circuit. I was, you know, I was, I was doing all right in Huntsville with the music stuff. But anything worth doing, I'd already done it. So when I had to see where I was, I, had, I was going to have to really go for it. I was gonna have to really, I was gonna have to really go for it. So what I end up doing, I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna jump to Nashville. I'm gonna go to Nashville and I'm gonna do this thing for real and really see where I'm at. And I'll be honest with you, it was the best move I could have made. It was the best move I could have made. And whenever I made that jump and took that risk. I told myself, man, I hate I didn't do this sooner, but I did it the soon as I possibly could. What I'm saying to say all this is if you really want something, you're really shooting for something. Go for it. Yes, yeah, because you, you can't always wait for the perfect time because the stars may never line up. It's not about when you start. It's more about how you start. But long as you start. So if you see something, you got to go for it. You have to go for it. Sometimes you're going to have. Now, I'm not saying you risk it for everything, but the things you really believe in, you really passionate about. I believe you have to go for it and make that move. You got to make that jump. 
You know what I mean? So, and I'm saying all that because I'm I'm think I got the Knicks on my mind. I'll be honest, I got the Knicks on my mind because the Knicks are having a pretty good year. Now I thought I, I had a feeling they'd be kind of like this. I didn't see Julius Randle coming. I'll be honest with you, but uh, everything else I I saw coming from the management. But nevertheless, we're having a really good year. Okay. And I saw, and all these trades and all these rumors are coming up, and the Knicks are in some of them. But I saw something with Tibbs, and he said it was an article. Is you know we're gonna stand pat, we're gonna hold the fort, we're good with what we have. And I'm sitting here looking at, I'm looking at the the Eastern Conference. I'm looking at a Brooklyn Nets. I'm looking at a Milwaukee Bucks. I'm looking at a Philadelphia 76ers, and I'm like, no, hold down the fort and do what? We're going to hold down the fort so we can say we better than the Detroit Pistons. We're going to hold down the fort and say we better than the Chicago Bulls or Toronto Raptors. No, we can't just hold down the fort. You have to go for it. You have to make these moves. You have to go for a trade. You got to go. We can't just wait around for offseason because we're in a good position to where we might be able to up talking about getting to the playoffs we might mess around and get out in the first round while how we jumping on folks with our defense and rebounding and playing hard being tough we might mess around and upset a, a big team out here but we have to go for it because i'm sorry i love my knicks i'm all about it new york knicks till i die that's how it's gonna be okay but excuse me Alfred payton ain't gonna take us there all right, Julius Randle's having great, a great year, but he can't do it by himself. Mitchell Robbins, Mike Robinson, Mitchell Rob, Mitchell Rob, Mitchell Robinson is limited on offense. Okay, and our depth is a lot to be desired. A lot of meat left on that bone. You understand what I'm saying? So we we need talent. You got to find you somebody. You got to sign you somebody. You got to trade. Well, tr- you got to make those trades. You got to go and shoot for Alonzo Ball. You got to go and try to kick the tires on the Andre Drummond. I'm not saying mortgage what you have, but you kick the tires and see what you got and add to what you have. Our defense is cool, but we need to score the ball. Yes, we are great at stopping teams. Yes, we're the lead leader in points allowed, but we. <laughs> We got a little handicap sticker on our offense too, okay? So we need to do something, but you got to go for it. You have to go for it because we, we're like a half a game back between the fourth seed. So we're pretty much flirting between fourth and fifth seed. And these games ain't getting no, no harder. All right, we got to go now while we got the, the world on their heels. We got to go for it. We got to make these trades. We got to do something aggressive. You got to be aggressive. I need to see these New York Knicks in a trade. I, need, I ain't talking about the rumors. I need to see breaking news. That's what I need. That's what New York Knicks nation needs. The Knicks tape needs. Spike Lee needed. Chris Rock needed. Seinfeld needed. Tracy Morgan needed. My dog, George. Shout out to George out there in Brooklyn. He needed. Shout out to uh, Neil Knox. He needed all the Knicks fans out there. Charles Oakley. He needed Patrick Ewing. He needed uh, who else? Carmelo Anthony. He needed. 
Willis Reed. He needed Mike Breen. He needed the great Clyde Walt Frazier. He needed Allen Houston. He needed. We needed. And doggone it, I needed. We need the Knicks to be aggressive because aggressive wins. That's how you win. That's how you win in games. That's how you win in championships. And I'd be damned if that ain't how you win at life. I might be right about that. I might be wrong. I don't know. I just call the how I see it. Y'all get out there and go for it.